Welcome to the Land of the Ice and Snow podcast, where I talk to a different expat each week that has moved to Sweden, and we just compare notes and embarrassing stories and just basically ramble on about whatever we want to about living in Sweden. Uh, today, my guest is Chad. He is from California. And how long have you been in Sweden? Quite a while. Um, yeah, it's been a while. This is my 20th year in Sweden. So really? 20th anniversary. You yeah. beat me. Yeah. Well, what yeah. did you do to celebrate your 20th year? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You know, I reflected on how I'm getting old and that was about it. <laughs> wow. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, it sure was. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like going from California to Sweden? Where, where were you in California? So I was living in San Francisco and my wife at the time, uh, we both finished up university and she was like, uh, why don't we live in my home country of Sweden for a year? She was very clear about the, the year timeline. And so I signed up for like a study abroad program to finish my BA. That was it. We moved to Uppsala, Sweden, and I was in a year-long program there for media and communication studies. And then I came uh, in the summer, which I know you talked about in your last podcast is the the worst time to come. (laughs) But when you first came, had you visited Sweden before? Yeah. And my ex-wife did the thing that most Swedes do. They bring you over in the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was over for a month in the summer and look how beautiful it is and how nice. (laughs) But I should have known because we were up in Helsingland and a a little bit north of here. And uh, it was summer. I was sitting on the porch and then this wind came in and it was like a wind from the Arctic, you know, and not like in California where, you know, it would just be a nice warm breeze. There it was cold, you know, in June it was cold and that should have told me something. Well, this is an obvious question, but what are the biggest differences between living in California (laughs) and living in Sweden, especially that you noticed the first year that you came? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. In California, I was living in Southern California for a while and Northern California, and you don't really notice the seasons there. My parents on the phone all the time love to tell me about how they're wearing shorts. It doesn't matter what time of year. Oh, we had our shorts on today. Why do they always have to be so cruel like that? Well, let let global warming do its work, and then soon we can be the one wearing shorts, and they'll be underwater. I know. It kind of seems like global warming's working out pretty well for us, at least this year. It Sweden. is. It is. <laughs> We've had a really nice long summer. <laughs> you know, but you, sorry, uh, rest of the world. <laughs> right, but I mean, but this is sad. I heard on the radio that it's affected the Swedish potato crop the warm oh, summer. Oh no, that's right? going to be big news. It is. I think yeah. so. But it made the strawberry crop excellent oh, this it? year, and that is the most important thing. Do you like the Swedish strawberries? Sweden. I love the Swedish strawberries. I like candy. Yeah. <laughs> really, I don't think I've ever tasted strawberries that fresh. The big thing is to have strawberries for midsummer. Right. And it's always in the newspaper around May or the beginning of June. Uh-oh, the strawberries aren't going to be ready. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's a big thing. I used to go to the store and I'd buy strawberries from Holland or yeah. somewhere else. And months would be like, no, no, we eat Swedish strawberries. Must be Swedish. Well, what's your problem? It's all strawberries. And then I tasted uh, Swedish strawberries. Mm. And it was like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> we wait for the Swedish strawberries. I've totally missed that. When you came yeah. to Sweden from California, sure. what were some of the stereotypes that Swedish people had about you coming oh. from California? When I was taking my Swedish for immigrants class, SFE, we went on a tour of some elementary schools. I don't know why they had us do that, just trot out the immigrants to the Swedish kids. <laughs> Look but, at them, study yeah, them. <laughs> that's right. Here are the immigrants. Yeah, but no, they liked that I was from California and mainly because of Baywatch. Like, <laughs> out of any state in the U.S., like, California has more promotion, more, like, good things. Like, if you say California, I don't know, maybe not anymore, but then definitely they thought it was amazing. 
I think if you look at all the cities in Sweden, I think Stockholm is like the older sibling, and it's always got to be the coolest. It's got to be trendy and a little more serious. But like when I go to Gothenburg or Malmö or Lund, it's much more laid back. And then in Copenhagen, even more so. I know that you live part of the time in Stockholm and part of the time out in the middle of nowhere that's, because I forgot the name of your no, town. No, that's all right. No, <laughs> so it's in the county of Dalarna, which is actually like a really huge county. They call it like the heart of Sweden, and it's like where all the you know the folk costumes and the, the Dalar horse and all those come from. So it's supposed to be very authentic Swedish, but it's a long county. So like in the northern part, it's a lot of wilderness and you know hunters and what the Swedes might think of as mountains. And then I'm in the southern part of that. Most of the Dalarna people don't think about, and there it's like uh, I always think it's like I'm in the Midwest. Like if Stockholm is like New York City, uh, where I live is like Dubuque, Iowa. You know, it's uh, <laughs> people in flannel shirts getting through their days. What are your neighbors like there? I mean, I, they must be quite different. In Stockholm, it's rare that we even talk to our neighbors, but I would guess that out in the country, maybe you get to know people a little more. For sure. I mean, I think if you have kids in school, then you definitely get to know different families. Where um, we live, I mean, it's actually a bit of an international community. There's a Chinese family that owns the gas station. There's a canoe center owned by a Belgian. I just mostly speak English to the people <laughs> up there. <laughs> You speak English to a lot of your neighbors, but you can speak Swedish. I want to hear about SFE or SFI, Swedish for immigrants. I think everyone has a different experience with Swedish for immigrants or SFE. I really liked it. I've heard a lot of people think it was terrible. It probably <laughs> depends a lot on your teacher. So I was doing this university program during the day, and then in the afternoon I'd go to the Swedish for immigrants class. No, but I thought it was really, it was like going to elementary school all over again with people from all over the world. And so in that way, it was really fun. You know, you're learning everything all over again and... We do show and tell. And so one time I thought it was funny. And I don't think sometimes like humor translates well when you can't speak well. But I thought it'd be funny to, to bring in a picture of my cat just after it had been castrated. I thought it would be I thought it'd be fun. That provoked the liveliest debate we'd ever had in SFE about whether or not you should be castrating cats. And you got opinions from all over the world about you shouldn't be doing that to cats. You should. Why should you? But you must have had to look up the Swedish word for castration. So that's going to be our word of the day now. What, if you can remember it. I didn't. I didn't. No. I think I might. I used hand gestures. Well, I'm glad I don't know the word for castration in Swedish. If you know, I've made it this far, but I should look it up. But it's true that you, you, when you're talking, if you're going to talk about something new, you run into areas you never talked about before. I was in a, a class in college, and I wanted to talk about the writer or the author of the paper. But I wasn't saying that word. I was saying a uh, laser printer. The laser printer meant this, and the laser printer said that. And I did it. I talked for like two minutes, and everyone was just looking at me and nodding their heads. And it wasn't until later that night where I realized I'd been talking about the laser printer. Okay, let's talk about a few Swedish expressions that I think are funny or misleading. Okay. Okay, so one of them in Swedish you can hear people say sometimes there's nothing like a Swedish summer, which is true, but it's also a comparative thing where I think like if you've been living in a hole in the ground for nine months and someone <laughs> pulls you out of a hole, you'll say there's nothing like not being in a hole in the ground. But I think the one that bothers me the most is there's no bad weather, there's only bad clothes, which I feel like is such a huge lie. There's, def yes. there's definitely bad weather. I think somebody who lost their house in a storm or an earthquake would tend to argue with that type of statement. Like, <laughs> I, I was wearing my coat and my, <laughs> my rain hat, but... <laughs> I think they tell themselves that to make themselves feel better or something. I don't, I don't know. 
I did have to learn to dress here, though, speaking of weather, because oh, yeah? I, you know, I came from Texas. It's very warm. I'd experienced snow twice in my life, and it was about an inch, and it melted after an hour. So I had no experience with the snow, and I didn't understand how to dress for it. I bought this fake fur coat in Texas to bring here, and I quickly realized that it's not about fashion, and you need something waterproof. I also had no pockets. These were lessons I learned very quickly. Definitely. And you guys had your kids in a preschool that was outdoors all year, right? That's right. Yes. The idea was that you have the children outside all day. They eat outside. They nap outside. The idea behind it is that they don't get sick so much. They're not sharing germs in a closed environment. And then, of course, you know, nature. But Sure. Nature. (laughs) I thought it was a wonderful concept. And they would sleep on this wooden structure in little sleeping bags. I thought, it actually looks kind of cozy. People are shocked when you tell them about the whole concept. But when you go and look at it, the kids are having a blast. It's great preparation for the apocalypse. I, mean, I think one of the saddest things I ever saw, I think it was one of the things of like, I think if you're born in a country, a country feels like your own country. And if you're not, it doesn't. So I was picking up my son from preschool and he was like four and it was winter and it was cold and it was snowy. And when I went to the playground to pick him up, he was literally rolling in a puddle full of slush in the dark. <laughs> having a great time. To me, it looked like hell. What are you doing down there? You're just rolling in cold slush water. But, you know, and then he'll grow up and be like, oh, that's my Sweden. But I'm just like, that's whatever you're doing is wrong. Get out of there. Just go. So I asked you if you could find an interesting Swedish news event. Maybe in, I was really hoping for something from Dalarna. There is something from Dalarna. Oh, what do you have for me? Well, I should have researched it a little more carefully, but I know I think it was last week that Borlänge was selected as the ugliest city in Sweden. I uh-huh. saw the same article. I disagree because I think they really haven't dug down into it. I think they're just like picking the biggest, ugliest city in the room. But I think if you looked under the tables, there's definitely some uglier ones. <laughs> well, let's have the names. I'm going to say Hofors. Okay, to I'm me. not familiar. Okay, a whole force is kind of in between Yavle and Falun. And my parents and I were driving through Dalarna one winter. And when you approached Hofforsch, there's a burnt out car on the side of the road. <laughs> and someone had put a sign on it, welcome to Hofforsch. <laughs> and then we went to the shopping mall, which to me, you know, this could all be my imagination, but it felt like the shopping mall was kind of half underground. And you went in there and it was dark and people were just staring into their coffee cups. And it just felt like it was like, you you know, come to that scene, the, the, the bar scene in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but without the music and the happy times, it was just poor Hofors people, the very nice people in Hofors, you know, but it's not a beautiful town. Borlänge is interesting because, okay, so the people in Falun look down on Borlänge as like, you know, because uh-huh. Borlänge was more working class and industrial and Falun, they thought they're a little fancier. This is to tell you where I'm from. In southern Dalarna, Borlänge is fancy. Oh, <laughs> they, they do have a McDonald's, don't they? They do. Well, the sad thing, what Borlänge did, what they should have thought through is their shopping center looks like a giant breast. And so, like, in Fallen, they'll call it, like, you know, the Dala breast or whatever. Whereas I think if you're living in southern Dalarna, where I live sometimes, then going to Borlinga could be an adventure. I think that could be a tourist draw. I mean. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't judge Borlinga just on that. I, I want to bring 
up my strange Swedish oh. story that I found today. Yeah. Disgusting food museum opens in Sweden. I have a story about we this. We gotta go. I mean, it just opened. Mm. So, right, well, look at me. I'm all connected. Uh, I know the man who opened it. He is the same man who did the Museum of Failure. That's right. And that's in Helsingborg. Dr. Samuel West. It? Yeah, it's in Helsingborg. But now the Museum of Failure. It's in. It's on Hollywood Boulevard, and oh. I think it's opened in Tokyo. So there's several like chains of it now. Yeah, I heard that he like sends it on the road. Yeah, so pop up, to say. pop up exhibit. Yeah, I was down there in Malmo a couple of weeks ago, right when he was getting ready for the space to open. So he'd created all these jars where you put part of the it, like he spent. I think he'd been to Germany to like a food production factory, and so he got these special jars where you put the rotten food at the bottom of the jar and then kind of oh. cover it in cotton, and they're kind of like smelling jars. I saw in the they had a short video and it showed people smelling. Yeah, uh, out of jars. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so I, I so when I was there, they were just setting up. But it'd be great to go see it. I, I would yeah. love to. I think that's a very legitimate reason for me to travel to Malmo. You should. And I still want to. I haven't seen the Museum of Failure. Have you? I have. Yeah. You have. Yeah. I have to hear about it. It was great. I think like everyone. You know, it was funny when the, it was in news stories all over the world. But I think one well, of the photo people loved to put on the top of the news stories was Trump the board game. It's on the web page. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, people for some reason thought that would be the great <laughs> one to lead with. Uh, no, but it was super interesting. I mean, I saw, I saw they had like Coke too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's really interesting. Like there was the like a predecessor to the iPhone that you know failed, but I guess when Steve Jobs was putting together the team for that, that's the team that eventually went on to make the iPhone. So some oh. of them are kind of like stories with it a successful ending, and others are he has a tool there that they used to give people lobotomies with, like less of a mm. successful ending on that one. <laughs> for a lot of people, for a lot of people, <laughs> less successful ending. But no, it was super great. It was really oh, interesting. So I have to go visit that. Do they have a souvenir shop? They should. I think they they have. I definitely in the disgusting food museum they have a, a gift shop and can you buy the disgusting food you can i think some of it you can smell and they have different things you can eat in in the gift shop so i can't say exactly but you can definitely get enough to be grossed out that's great go for it my favorite part when i was reading this article i have to find it what we find disgusting has to be learned it's purely cultural to prove the point, American favorites like root beer and jello salad sit in the museum alongside fried tarantula and cooked guinea pigs. If you give root beer to a Swede, they will spit it out and say it tastes like toothpaste. But I think it's delicious. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is true. I cannot get my husband to come around to root beer. Really? I love it. And it's difficult to find in Sweden. It, it's getting better, but the root beer you can find is usually at a restaurant and then it's some generic off-brand root beer, and we don't have time for that nonsense. No. It has to be A&W or IBC root beer. Now, what we should be excited about, though, is that Dr. Pepper is becoming much more common here as a Southerner. And it's from Texas. Right. Again, my husband Mons could not stand Dr. Pepper when we first met, and it only took about a year or two, and then he was crazy (laughs) about Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. But I still can't get him to change his mind on the root beer. I found a place in Stockholm called Soda Nation, Okay. and they carry all sorts of root beer and they have IBC root beer. It is the only place I've ever found in Stockholm that has IBC root beer. Cool. So I try to go at least once a month and stock up. <laughs> I'll have to check that out.
We've already discussed Sir Strumming, but, you know, they got mm. some odd taste as well. Oh, yeah. Kali's Caviar is also in the F- Disgusting Food Museum. <gasps> oh, so. yes. The uh, caviar in a tube. Exactly. That almost every child here eats and many adults. I would admit, if I'm at like a hotel breakfast or something, then I might maybe, if my wife's not looking, put a little on my, my cooked egg. Because you know. your wife is American. She is. Yeah. And she would judge you She would very totally harshly. judge me for yes. doing that. You know, I'm like a kid in high school uh, where I don't... I, have the Kali's caviar if it's offered to me at a party or something, but I won't go out and buy my own Kali's caviar. You know? yeah, that's where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. You do have some dignity. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay, well, while we're talking about museums of failure and terrible food, I usually wrap this up by giving out a tip maybe for people to do in Sweden. If you want to say something in the area that you live in, in Dalarna or in Stockholm, something interesting for people to go and visit or... Sure. It's a difficult time of year, I think to make recommendations. In my experience traveling around Sweden, you go to a place, you always say, I bet this is nice in the summer. Regardless, if you're not <laughs> we'll there... come back. <laughs> that's right. But uh, no, I mean, Stockholm has tons of great museums for indoor things, but um, like a nice walk is like Longholmen Island. That's really beautiful. Yes, it's where the old prison right. was that they've made into a hostel. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so that can be fun to go look at. And then, you know, I think uh, Uppsala is really pretty. There's, a, when you, you know, talk to like people in Stockholm, some of them have never been to Uppsala. But it's like a 45 train minute ride away. And it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and then it it's also a university town. So there's things to do and places to eat. It's got a good vibe, For I think. For sure. I think so. I was just in uh, Eswil's Tuna. Mm-hmm. You know? I've been there. I like Eswil's Tuna. I yeah. like it too. Yeah, well, there you go. Congratulations, Eswil's Tuna. <laughs> Two people like <laughs> Two it. People. Yeah. I have an interesting tip of something Mm. I'm about to go do, uh, which I've done before. I'm going to take a cruise with my family to Estonia, to Tallinn, Estonia. So from Stockholm, they have cruises that go to Helsinki, Finland, and to Tallinn, Estonia, and to Riga in Lithuania. That's the only one I haven't been on yet, and I think that would be a lot of fun. So you board the ship around 5 o'clock in the evening in Stockholm. You sleep on the ship. You wake up in whatever town you're going to. You have the whole day in town, get back to the ship at five, sleep again, wake up the next morning in Stockholm. The best thing about these trips is that they cost almost nothing. Half the time you can get them for free. Even if you pay for it, it's just a few hundred crowns. So these cruises are very cheap, but the reason they're so cheap is because most Swedes take these ships so they can buy duty-free because alcohol and a lot of other items are very expensive in Sweden. But if you get out into open waters, then the duty-free store opens up. So people strictly go on these ships to buy duty-free alcohol, and then they just sleep the entire time, don't even get off. People bring dollies with wheels and they'll buy crates of of beer and alcohol, and they'll just, you know, drive them off the ship. Do you know what it is? These are the people who have figured out how to hibernate. I think so. They've cracked the code. Yes, and you gotta stock up for the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Duty-freed. I'm one of those people who completely takes advantage of how cheap this trip is when I want to get out of town. So I'm taking my family and we're just going to go check out Tallinn uh, in the old town, walk around for a day. I've already packed all sorts of food that does not need to be heated up because they do have several restaurants on the ship, but they're so expensive and the food, it's just like airplanes. The food is never going to be that good. So I bring my own food. We bring our books. and Nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm all set to go. I, I think it's a goal. Like when you go to a buffet and it's all you can eat, you feel like you have to get your money's worth. Right. And I feel like. <laughs> so I didn't get a free trip this time, but for 
all four of us in a cabin that is above the car deck. Oh, nice. That's, that's, that's where I draw my line. Oh, is is I don't want to stay below the car deck. It's just <laughs> creepy. So for a cabin for four above the car deck, 1,000 crowns, Not which bad. is roughly $100. Yeah, no, for um, sure. And that's it. You know, you get two nights. You get to go see another country. Not bad. That's great. And if you don't waste all your money in duty-free and in the restaurants, then it works out pretty well. Yeah. And then there's also, it's a great uh, daycare. You can just lock your kids in the cabin and go explore the city. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my tip for a little quick vacation, get out of town, or if you have somebody visiting, it's kind of fun if they want to see another country. It's a very cheap way to do it. It's a great tip. So with those tips, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for this time. I hope you continue to enjoy your beautiful autumn time here in Sweden and especially Dalton. <laughs> Did I really sell it? <laughs> yeah, you totally sold it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye.